This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. Happy Memorial Day, and a big thank you to those who have served, and uh, of course, without those who gave the ultimate price, we wouldn't be able to be here talking about race cars, and so our hats are off to you and uh, those families of loved ones who have gone. But right now, it's time to get into another episode of Horsepower Happenings, a whole lot to break down for Memorial Day weekend. Let's see what's happening first in a Motor City Minute. Elio Castroneva has earned his fourth career Indy 500 win Sunday afternoon during the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. The win ties him with A.J. Foyt, Al Unser Sr., and Rick Mears as the only drivers with four Indy 500 wins. Also in history books, Kyle Larson helps Rick Hendrick become the all-time winningest NASCAR Cup Series team owner with 269 career wins. Hendrick Motorsports takes the win total lead from Richard Petty Motorsports, who sits at 268. And Brady Bacon picked up a $12,000 payday Sunday night after winning the Ron Kale Jr. Memorial at Waynesfield Raceway Park. Bacon grabbed the win after avoiding a two-car flip directly in front of him coming to the white flag. Uh, He held off a couple of drivers. One of them included Dustin Daggett, who went down there and finished in third. Those things and so much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me. Good evening. How are you? I'm great, Zach. Uh, Had a nice couple days, as you'd like to say, up in God's country, up by uh, Merritt Speedway. How about yourself? Did you spend a little time in Nashville? My wife was able to join me down at Nashville Fairground Speedway. We had a really great race down there. And uh, then Sunday, yesterday, we hit the town. Neither one of us had been downtown before. And so that was fun. And I'm glad to be home, <laughs> ready to go back racing here in the Great Lakes region. And, and man, I know we got a lot to unpack. You had a really good weekend of uh, late model challenge series racing, which we're going to talk about. We, uh, By the way, we should welcome in our guests because this is the first time we've done a show on Memorial Day. Yeah, it really. Usually we um, at least try to give ourselves a day off. We decided not to this year. So usually we delay it till Tuesday, but uh Everybody else gets the day off. We get to work on Memorial Day. Well, you know what? It's one of the biggest race weekends of the season, so why would we take it off? So let's start where the weekend started with uh, the seemingly only track in the state who was able to get a race in on Friday, Winston Speedway. Heavy rain Thursday night. The Winston Speedway staff was greeted with a heavy and rough surface to work with, but they said, you know what? We're going to try this thing. We're going to go racing Friday night. And uh, unknowing of what the track would do, 20 dirt car UMP late models took to the racing surface. In the end, Rich, just six crossed the stripe after several car- cars pulled to the infield. 
Racing surface was brutal, with drivers attempting to find the smoothest way around the speedway. In the end, Rusty Schlenk held on to collect the win after a three-wide move out of turn four to go in between Cody Bauer and Greg Gokey. Gokey would end up finishing in second, with Stemler third. As for the track condition, Winston officials recognized the issues and they put out a statement on their Facebook page that read, quote, The Winston Speedway family would like to thank all of the fans and racers for coming out last night. Dean and crew worked their tails off, but the track was just too soft from the rain the night before. We did our best, end quote. And, uh, Rich, I I know that the drivers aren't going to be happy with the racetrack that they were presented with, uh, but there's a decision. There becomes a point as a promoter where you have to decide, are we going to try to race? Or are we going to watch the sun shine and we're going to pull the plug? And uh, they made the decision to try and run. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think you have to do that. They, I don't know that they could have foreseen what was going to happen. I mean, if we were all that good, we'd never miss a week, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, we'll get into this a little, we'll have a discussion about this a little later on, but uh, you can't blame them for trying, that's for sure. For sure, yeah, and, and you know what, they weren't the only tracks that had some issues, and yeah, we are going to talk about that later on in the program, so stick around. Rich, uh, you had uh, great, or we, sorry, you had uh, All-Star Performance Challenge Series duties this weekend, and we appreciate you for that, but it means that you missed one of the biggest races of the year at Flat Rock. Yeah, take one for the team this weekend, right, Zach? Because I had it. I mean, I either way, I was going to see a great race, and um so I was up north, but uh, Brian Bergacre was looking for his first ever DTS drivetrain specialist Joy Fair Memorial 100 win at Flat Rock Speedway on Saturday night, and his persistence paid off. Fair, uh, who passed away in 2011, was a 10-time Flat Rock champion and is the all-time winningest driver at the paved quarter mile with 159 victories uh, to go with his many victories throughout the Midwest. The 100-lap contest was filled with yellow flags, most of them for single car spins. The 10 car inversion put Kyle Crump and Paul Pelletier on the front row. A rash of uh, yellow flags slowed the race, uh, including one on the first lap between Brian Bergacre and Steve Needles as they got together on the front stretch, scrambling the field. Frank Giovanni got the worst of it, pitted, and would retire several laps later. Uh, Kyle Crump picked up the early lead and stayed out front, uh, despite early challenges from Eric Lee and Justin Schroeder, a long green flag run from laps 21 through 70 enabled Bergacre to work, work his way through the field and into the top 10 by lap 50. Uh, the yellow slowed things again at the lap 70 mark, and misfortune struck Crump as he ducked into the infield pit road before the restart and parked his car with mechanical issues. On the restart, it was all Bergacre as he picked up the lead over Hayden Sprague, Bergacre would lead the final 30 circuits that included a couple of late race cautions for good measure just to try and make things interesting. But that was to no avail, Zach. Uh, Sprague, Eric Lee, uh, Justin Clarty, and Connor Zabozian would complete the top five. Makes his home in Middleville, Michigan. Brian Bergacre, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Uh, thank you for having me on. Brian, uh, congratulations. You've had some big wins in an outlaw, but uh, this is the first one for this event. I imagine you're feeling pretty good on Monday Monday evening. Yeah, yeah, we, it was. Uh, we've had kind of a rough year anyway, so to, to st- step out at Flat Rock this year with the win in the Joy Fair was really nice. You were fast qualifier. You roll a ten for the invert, which normally isn't that heartbreaking for a 100 lap event. But uh, one lap in, it all changes, and now you have to come from the tail of a 25 car field. Yeah, that was interesting to say the least. Um, I wasn't expecting to go to the back. Um, um, 
that early, if at all, you know, but, uh, you know, that's what happens. Um, we, you know, um, I watched some, looked at some, uh, pictures online and stuff that, uh, Bitly Caillou took and it looks like I did get in the needles and did send them out. You know, um, at the time I didn't think I did. Um, I didn't feel like there's any contact. All I saw was needles, you know, rear end come up and, you know, he spun out and I didn't feel like I made any contact, but apparently according to the pictures I did. You know, and that's an interesting point that you make there. In the heat of the moment and during a race like that where it's such a big race, uh, you know, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I don't think situations like that are ever done intentionally. It's just a part of our sport. Yeah, it's a little bit a part of the sport. And then, you know, Flat Rock's just a tight little quarter mile, and, you know, you got 25 cars coming to the green, and you're on your first lap, and there's a lot going on. And you're trying not to, you know, make a mistake or get into anybody or even end up in a wreck that might happen right away, you know, so you're paying attention to that and, you know, it's just a uh, tight racing for sure. How important is this race? Uh, you know, put it into perspective for, for the fans who are listening, because, um, you know, folks here, Rich talk about the joy fair Memorial all the time and with his association to flat rock, but really for the state of Michigan, for the great lakes region, uh, th- this event, pretty big one. And, and, uh, it's on a lot of folks' lists. Yeah, it's right up there with, you know, on the top of all the lists of, I think all the outlaw guys have this race on their list to win, um, you know, along with like the Clash and the Glass City 200. Um, even the Stan Yee is a really big race, you know, so, you know, getting getting this win is, is really big. It puts it on the resume and, you know, I, I have a bucket list of racers that I still want to win and this was one of them for sure. Now, so you, you go, you get on the restart, you're starting from the back. Um now you figure out you probably got to use more of that race car earlier than you need to, but you get back in the top le- top 10 by the halfway point. Talk about that. Yeah. So, um, my crew guys had to call me down a little bit on that, you know, just to, you know, get my head back in the game and go, Hey, you still got a hundred laps. You know, you got plenty of time, you know, you've done this before, you know, I've done it in the stand you before, um, later in the race even, and came back from the back to the front. So, you know, just sit back there and go, all right, you know, pick off the, the ones you can quickly, you know, and then, you know, you might have to get in line and, and ride for a little bit, save a little bit of tire, and then pick off the other ones, you know, when you can. You know, we had a lot of cautions, and that really helped um, tighten the field back up. So you didn't have to chase a lot of people down. It really helped on the restarts to pick off a few cars on the restart and, and move my way back up through there. Yeah, I was going to say caution-filled. So that probably helps you. I mean, it, you don't have to run everybody down. You can pass a few cars, get a caution, pass a, pass a few more. That helps you save on that race car as well. It does, especially at like Flat Rock where it's, you know, tire abrasive, you know, um, c- compared to some other racetracks we run like Berlin's that way, you know, but like Toledo's not super tire abrasive. So you can go hard from basically lap one at Flat Rock. You do got to save some tire or at the end, you might not have anything left, you know? So um, it's really big to be able to tuck and ride for a little bit and then get some of them cautions, cool the tires back down and go back at it. Brian Bergaker, the winner of the Joy Fair Memorial from over the weekend. Talk to me about this. You said that you kind of had some bad luck. Uh, you mentioned that at the beginning of the show. What does a win like this do for you, do for your team? I mean, we're just going to click the calendar into June when we go back racing again. Uh, still a lot of time to race, long, long summer into the fall. What does a win like this do for you as a driver and for your team? I, I feel like it gives the whole team some momentum. You know, the, the keeps, gets the sponsors happy, you know, right off the get-go at the beginning of the year. Gives the team a bunch of momentum, too. You know, we, we've gone to Kalamazoo a couple times this year on the new F70 tire, and We've quite frankly, we've struggled. You, we can't pass. We we're not we're not competitive really, and I'm not certain if it's a car. We're just missing the setup, or if it's just the tires that bad. Um, so to, to go to Flat Rock and you know come back, come out of the box quick, right out of the way, you know, and then set fast time and come from the back of the field to win. It's a huge momentum booster, you know, for us. 
and we got some big races coming up. We got the clash, you know, the first COVID clash this Friday. We got Berlin the following um, Wednesday, and then we got Dixie the following Friday and Saturday. So there's some big races coming up. You know, so that gives them a bit motivation and a little bit of pep in our step to go towards some races now. Let's talk about this F70 tire. We've heard kind of, uh, really, there's been two sides of the coin. Either people are, are good with it or they're not really all that excited about it for this new tire this season. Uh, what What has your thought process been on it so far? Um, my opinion doesn't belong in an outlaw car. Um, I think the 30, 35s and 30, 45s that we were on at Flat Rock is, a, is the premium tire to be on an outlaw car. Um, I think the F70 is great for the lower level classes, the super stocks and those kind of cars. Um, but for the outlaw cars, it doesn't seem like we can pass. Um, the the cars at Kalamazoo, like in the super stock class, those guys are passing, coming from the back to the front. They're three wide. They're they're putting on a good show, and the outlaw cars get out there, and we're just like knots on a rope. We can't pass. So I think I think the tire is just not enough for the speed of the car and the quality of the car that we're bringing to the racetrack. Brian, I want to go back uh, just for another minute to Saturday night. Uh, you get yourself into the top five, uh, caution, I believe it was around lap 70 and race long leader, Kyle Crump pulls down the infield. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, at first I was like, I, I didn't know what happened. Something happened going into one to him and, and it was like, he shut the car off or something broke on the car going into one coming to the green. And at that point I was third and I was like, well, that's going to help, you know, obviously me winning this race, but I was actually looking forward to race those guys. Those guys have had a lot of bad luck lately. I don't think they finished a race in four or five races. They just had some bad luck. And, you know, Kyle's a good wheel, man. I was looking forward to racing with him up front and, and seeing what we had for him. You know, he's obviously out front, probably saving tires the whole time, and I didn't get to do any of that. So it would have been interesting for sure. Now, I hadn't seen you. Was this your first outing in an outlaw in 2021? Uh, nope. I went to Kalamazoo twice with my outlaw car. And like we talked, you know, we were just, we're not competitive. We set fast time one night, but I think we finished seventh. And then opening night, we were just terrible at the intimidator qualified 10th and finished sixth. Um, just not up to par for what we like to see at Kalamazoo, which is basically my home track. So, um, to, to go to flat rock and find speed in the car and be competitive. It's like, all right, now we got something to work with to go back to Kalamazoo. Now that probably has to make you feel good because um, I'm assuming you're coming back in July to defend your Stanley Memorial 150 and uh, knowing you got uh, flat rock figured out right out of the gate, you got to have a little confidence going into that event. I do. I love that race. I love those long races. Um, definitely have confidence going to flat rock. You know, I've, I've won a lot of races here recently in the last couple of years there. And I love those longer races and I love the, you know, the, the tires fall off and the racing, you know, all the way up through the pack, you know, and then the lap cars really create a different aspect. You don't see a whole lot of lap cars like that everywhere else, but because flat rock's so small, you do. And, uh, it, it creates a different, different perspective from behind the wheel when you got that many lap cars and, you know, you're going so fast at such a small little track. I know you saw, saw this up close last year after you're winning the stand, but how important it is to, you see how important it is for you guys to show up the fair family, the Yi family to these big events, um, you guys seem to take pride in that. We do. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's, 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 you know, like a legacy over there, you know, Troy fair is, is a basically a hero in that area. He, I mean, I think he's won like 130 some races at flat rock. Um, and 159, I don't think anybody will ever catch that quite frankly. And that's just that he's just a legend, you know, and to be able to win the race that's in his memorial is, is, is awesome for me. And to put that on my resume and to have the trophy, you know, it's, it's cool. And the Joy Fair family is awesome. I mean, they, they treat you, they're so nice and victory lane and stuff like that. And then the Yee family is the same way. You know, I've won the Stan Yee twice now and I love Stan. I'm good friends with Stan and those guys. So 
it's cool to win those races for sure. Well, Brian, you kind of gave us a little glimpse into it here uh, just a couple of minutes ago, but now you have this win under your belt, and you mentioned about the busy schedule that's coming up for Outlaw Racing, and really, uh, when we saw the schedule start to come out earlier this spring, we thought, man, this could be one of the busiest seasons for Outlaw Racing that there is uh, in a long time. What is next on your calendar? Are you going to try to run that outlaw car as much as you can? Or, uh, you know, I know that you're no stranger to some template stuff as well. What, what's your plan here coming up in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, the next couple of weeks is pretty much um, just outlaw stuff. We're not going to run the money in the bank at Berlin with the template car. It's not quite ready yet. Um, we've had a few issues with that. So we're going to hold off on that. And then, you know, obviously we got Dixie coming up. So you got, you know, Kalamazoo this Friday, Berlin the following Wednesday, and then Dixie the Friday and Saturday after that. So, it's going to be a busy, you know, June's going to be a busy month and it kind of tapers off into July, but it's going to be good. We're going to do as many as we can, obviously, but we, we do pick and choose certain races to go to, you know, so. Are we going to see you at, at all? Uh, I guess here's a, a flat out question and, and maybe we put you on the spot. Um, are you looking toward any of the big eight races at Corrigan Oil Speedway at all? Um, no, we're not. Um, I've been to Spartan one time, wasn't super enthused with it um obviously i didn't have a whole lot of fun there um <laughs> but it's not it's it's really tough the friday night racing is really tough for me sure and my crew um to get to get out of work and get over there most of my crew really struggle with it um so so right now we're not looking at any of that maybe later in the year if things are going well and, and the guys can get the time off of work but and you know i think people that do this i think that that's an important part of the of the racing equation too that we should remind listeners about is that you know what if you aren't showing up somewhere where you think that you can win or you're going to have some fun probably not worth unloading your race car it's not you know um you know most of my guys we've been to spartan like i said we've been there and you know none of us really had any fun we went there the one time so it's like we didn't run great we didn't run terrible we didn't run great either and we just didn't have any fun it's like man that's just not my style racing the, the bigger brake stuff you know stopping in the corner and motoring down the straightaway so, you know, I'm more momentum kind of guy. So, but like, it takes a crew of people to do this. Like I started to say a second ago. Um, and if you can't have your crew at the track, it's really tough to go racing and be competitive. So we try to pick the races where all the guys can go to them. Brian, got to ask you about the new series, Reveal the Hammer. Uh, I know you got some friends that you know that are, that are running that deal. Um, you going to try to run some more of those or what are your thoughts about what they're doing? Yeah, I think that's a good series. Um, you know, there's certain racetracks that, you know, like New Paris is one, just like Spartan, not a huge fan of it. So I don't want to go there and race. Um, not a huge fan of Anderson either. So we didn't go there, but I think those guys are going to, in the next year or so, hopefully step that up a little bit. Um, I think it's going to be big if they can really start getting some people to travel and some sponsors to sponsor the series, you know, um, I think it'll be good. You know, they got Berlin coming up. They got Dixie coming up. That'll really tell you the story of how well that series is going to do. Well, Brian Bergaker, man, uh, let's uh, circle back and say congratulations on your big win over the weekend at the Joy Fair Memorial for Flat Rock Speedway. Nice work on that, man. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Brian Bergaker again, picking up a big win over the weekend. Watch for him in, you can't miss his race cars. I tell you what, usually the bright yellow gives it away. And look for him uh, coming up here in the next uh, week and a half or so at, at several racetracks around Michigan. Brian, thanks so much. Have a good night. Thanks, you guys, too. Well, our thanks to Brian for joining us on the show tonight, and uh, what a popular win that was for, for him. And I'm excited to see now what he's able to do, Rich, going forward. Yeah, yeah, he uh, just, you know, he hadn't ran, raced a whole lot this year, but uh, and, and that was by choice, so I ran a little bit out of Kalamazoo. But now, you know, 
after talking to him, his schedule's starting to pick up in June. So, uh, well, we'll and he mentioned it too that that confidence boost that comes with getting a win, and not just a weekly win. This is a big win under his belt. Um, so, I think you're going to have to watch that 30 car now going forward. Yeah, well, we'll see. The 30 car, you, you know, that's... Or the, the 12 car, car, I should yeah. say. Yeah, I'm at the 12. I got the template car and the outlaw car mixed up. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, I, I like to... Last year, he was... Um, it, it was pretty cool. At Flat Rock, they had a, a double header for the CRA Super Series and the outlaw late models, and Bergacre swept both of them in the 12 and 30 car that night. Yeah. So, um, we'll have to see, but uh, right now, I mean, after, after picking up the Joy Fair Memorial 100 win... Um, that team's got to be flying high, and he's got to have a lot of confidence. Let's talk about some other things happening from around the region over the weekend. The Great Lakes Super Sprints were scheduled to have a double header, and uh, that was headed toward Memorial Day. But as we know, Mother Nature washed out the first race on Friday night at Hartford Speedway. So Saturday night became the star at Crystal Motor Speedway. A total of 28 cars unloaded, ready to do battle, but just 20 starting spots were available for the main event. Eli Lakin, Lyndon Jones, Seth Sabo, and Cody Howard raced their way into the A-Main through the last chance qualifier. The feature was pretty straightforward, though. Pole sitter Dustin Daggett led the way en route to his first win of the season. Ryan Conium, who started second, finished second. And Greg Dahlman, who started fourth, rounded out the podium in third. Now, there was some passes being made. Ryan Rule, he picked up six positions, coming from tenth to finished fourth. And Jay Steinbach rounded out the top five. Then... We move on. The Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, they were in action over the weekend as well. Their doubleheader was fully intact between Hartford on Saturday night and Crystal on Sunday. Stevie Irwin started the weekend off with a win. Best in Keith Shefford Jr., Lee Underwood, Brian Rollman, and Mike Galagia for the win Saturday night at Hartford. Then Irwin went back to victory lane Sunday at Crystal. Again, besting Schaefer, uh, I should say Schaefer, for the top spot. This time, Mike Ostrowskis finished third with Max Frank and Galagia rounding out the top five. Well, Zach, my uh, weekend was a huge doubleheader weekend is what it was on tap for, for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series presented by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resorts. Uh, on Friday, Mother Nature interrupted those plans with the postponement of event number three at Tri-City Motor Speedway, but it was then on to merit for a two-day event featuring a four-card dash for cash, heat races, qualifying features on Saturday with the 50-lap weekend finale paying $10,000 to the victor on Sunday. The action kicked off Saturday with Brandon Thurlby putting his M14 machine at the top of the board as the overall fast qualifier at a 14.027. Uh, it was then on to the four-card dash for cash featuring the top four overall fast qualifiers uh, going four laps for a quick $1,000 and uh, Cody Bauer shot to the lead and controlled all four laps to grab the quick payday. Uh, it was then on to heat race action uh, to set the field for the 25 lap qualifying features. And it was Travis Stemmler, David Melke, and Dono Marcoulier taking the checkers. The qualifying features then set the field for Sunday's 50 lap main event with Brandon Thurlby and Chad Finley finding victory lane. It was on to, then it was on to Sunday, Zach. With $10,000 on the line, Bauer and Marcoulier would uh, lead the field to green with Bauer putting his 19X machine out front early. It didn't take long, though, for Marcoulier to work his way under Bauer, uh, take over the point in his 6M. Marcoulier would hold the top spot until a lap 20 caution for an oil leak that caught fire on the 87 of David Melke. Uh, Melke would bring his machine to a stop in the infield off the main straightaway uh, about 10 feet from me, mind you. Um, 
to the attention of the safety crew. Uh, Melky would exit it machine, his machine safely, but his night would be done. Uh, Mark would once again uh, establish himself at the front of the field on the restart with Logan Nickerson and Bauer occupying the top three. A couple of minor cautions would dot the 50-lap event, but Mark was up to the task on each restart with seemingly uh, single with a seemingly single-car racetrack throughout the event. Passing was at a premium. Mark would collect his first Challenge Series win of 2021 with Nickerson and Thurlby chasing him to the line to complete the podium. And Zach, I was in victory lane with Dona following all of the fireworks, and we talked about his run. Well, man, the fireworks just shut off. We had to wait a minute. Uh, what a night for you. You pick up your first challenge win of 2021. Uh, another $10,000 win for you. Talk about this race. You know, it's. Uh, I just want to really just say thanks to all the great people behind me. You know, I've got, you know, Bob Patrick, Bob, or Patrick Plumbing, you know, uh, Black Diamond Race Cars, Ronnie Stuckey, Matt Ryan Engines. I mean, he's uh, just the people we have involved in our program. I mean, we just got Schaefer's Oil, uh, you know, J.C. Maselski, Seawalls, uh, you know, Dennis Craft Construction, uh, Ross Common Auto Recyclers, uh, just uh, KBC All-Star. Just really my great crew, my girlfriend. I mean, everybody at Buster Butts. I mean, Jimmy's Collision for Tires. Um, I mean, our whole team has been, we've been clicking this year, but we haven't had any breaks on pill draws or, you know, like tonight we're, we were fast time, won our heat race, and we got to start up front. And, uh, you know, with track conditions the way they are, I mean, we got lucky and got to start up front, but uh, we'll take it. We can get it. I mean, uh, cars in one piece, and uh, I'm just, I mean, just really just happy for my race team. I and mean, we've been working hard. You know, we've got these new Black Diamond race cars rolling pretty good up here, and uh, I, mean, I just couldn't ask to ask for a better crew not as easy as it sounded uh 50 laps here at Merritt speedway tonight uh i gotta i gotta bring up lap 31 hard contact on the front straightaway leading with the 16 um scary moment you don't know if you're gonna break something at that point you guys hit pretty hard yeah you worry about bending a tire or not bending a tire but cutting a tire but uh, it's this product of rubber racing one lane stuff you know it's just uh you try to be patient i mean you can't rage i mean that's what happened to cody you tried the outside and just got out of the rubber and i was just right there to fill the hole but uh it was kind of tire management i know we didn't have much left for tire you know after 50 laps but uh just want to thank the Merritt speedway you know mike blackmer i mean he's trying his butt off i mean uh uh we'll get it we'll have some good racing i mean uh i just want to thank everybody all-star um, you know, I'm just winning at winning Jed Carburetors, Penske Shocks, uh, Nickerson Trucking, uh, Shocks by Jimmy. I mean, we got a whole bunch of product sponsors. I mean, just all these great, great guys. I and mean, we just, we wouldn't be here. Got to, you mentioned Nickerson Trucking. I got to tell you, Logan Nickerson chased you around all night long, brought it home second. Uh, he gave you some pressure from time to time. Yeah. I mean, I can see my stick guys give me, you know, but when it comes to rubber racing, rubber racing, you've just got to be patient. I mean, you just can't make a mistake. And sometimes you just got to, hold up with a lap car and hopefully they make a mistake to get under them and it's just it's just how it goes when it comes to rubbers but uh i mean we'll go home wash it put four tires on it and uh deposit that check and it goes a long way with our race fund you know and buy some tires and uh get some diesel fuel and uh, we'll go again donut congratulations awesome job tonight all right thanks guys thanks rich logan nickerson who had his best challenge series finish of 2021 was pretty happy about his runner-up finish and i tracked logan down to discuss his night. I don't want to say it's a surprise, but a great run for you guys. Uh, started fifth. Man, you chased Dona all, all night long. Logan Nickerson, what a run. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a good car. I mean, the track kind of one lane there, but it happens. Uh, congratulations to Dona on the win. I mean, uh, I wasn't getting around him. It just wasn't going to happen. So happy to settle for a second. Good points night, and we uh, live to fight another day. There were a few laughs about mid-race. Uh, you got some peaks at him and some lap traffic. Uh, 
did were you kind of getting up on the wheel then because we know how bad you want to get a win in this series oh i mean yeah i i, I didn't want to overdrive the car just because i don't want to end up screwing myself out of a second because we are trying to run this points deal but uh it's just i mean yeah i i, I was looking for a taste of blood but i just didn't yeah. get it you got a lot of people that help you out in this car uh your parents your grandparents but uh there's some names on the side of this car that help you out too yeah, um, I want to give a huge shout out to Jimmy, Jim Wallamacki, Jimmy Chox. Uh, he, he's just the best. He's awesome. Uh, a big shout out to Vic for the awesome motors. Um, uh, Nickerson Trucking, uh, Pure Max Racing Oil, No Limit Carts and Parts, Mid State Equipment, Fist Trucking, and then uh, oh, and AccuForce. Big shout out to AccuForce too. They give us a lot of help and. It's greatly appreciated. Well, it's really nice. We haven't got to talk uh, on the show in a long time. Great run tonight, man. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Hopefully we can do it a little more often this year. Fast qualifier Brandon Thoroughly brought his M14 machine home third, but wasn't overly thrilled, and I caught up with Brandon afterwards. Well, we're down in the tech area with your third-place finisher, Brandon Thoroughly. We talked yesterday. Uh, you liked your car this weekend. Uh, top three finish. You smiling? You happy? <laughs> yeah. No, not really. I mean, it's just one of those deals where it just took rubber. And most of us race like gentlemen that Chad Finley's got one coming. He drove like an absolute hole tonight. But uh, other than that, you know, everybody raced clean. We all knew we were in the rubber. And uh, other than that, no, it was a rubbered up track, third place, and pretty much in one piece. But not overall, the whole weekend, uh, not bad. I mean, you started out fast qualifier. You won one of the qualifying races. I mean, you got something to work with, especially with this brand new race car. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I was happy with the car all weekend. I mean, we were, I think we were two, three tens quicker than everybody in qualifying than uh, that odd even. So no, something to build on and uh, we'll go forward from there. All right, bud. Thanks. Nice run. Oh, thank you. So Zach, it's now time for a little bit of a break for the all-star performance late model challenge series before a big 4th of July weekend doubleheader at Tri-City and Merritt. Uh, the makeup date for the Friday event at Tri-City has not yet been announced. And our thanks uh, to Auto Value Parts Stores for their continued support of the Challenge Series, helping us bring you full coverage all season long right here on Horsepower Happenings. I'm wondering, Rich, now let me ask you, is this Dona's season to lose as he's picked up another $10,000 payday just like what he did last year? You know, I think, Zach, it's a little bit early to to, to call that. Um you know, you can have a night. Um, unfortunately, you know, David Melky just had a rotten weekend. And um, you all it takes is one of those, and the whole standings change. We're three shows into this, uh, you know, the, this 10-show series. Uh, there is a long, long way to go, but I will tell you, You'd rather be up early than be behind. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk about some other racing from over the weekend. A total of 16, 16 wing sprint cars unloaded Saturday night at Kalamazoo Speedway for Must See Racing's American Speed U.S. Nationals. At the end of the night, Jimmy McCune held off charges from Joe Liguori and Jason Blonde to capture the win. The race wasn't all McCune, though, as Jason Blonde took the top spot on lap 31 and began to pull away from McCune. That changed with a caution on lap 35. When Nolan Allison spun, Blonde lost the lead when he elected to take the outside line of a double-file restart. He got high in turns one and two and nearly hit the wall at the exit on the back straightaway. McCune was able to hold on, or I should say McCune was able to take retake the lead and hold on through a final restart with 10 laps to go to collect the $5,000 paycheck. But Rich, the big story of Saturday night was just a couple of hours south. Yeah, Zach, and in his sixth, just his sixth career start, uh, Tyler Roar conquered the biggest race in pavement sprint car racing. 
the Payless Little 500 at Anderson Speedway. Rurig dominated the second half of the race, leading all but six of the final 260 laps. Starting in the middle of the front row, Rurig didn't see the lead until lap 241 when he took it from Caleb Armstrong. He gave up the lead uh, momentarily during pit stops on lap 387 when Scott Hampton took the point. Rurig retook the lead after a restart rocketing around Cody and Tanner Swanson, opening up a comfortable lead. A final caution wave with 30 to go, Zach, giving the uh, Swanson brothers a final shot to strike, but with no luck as the Plymouth, Indiana native went on to collect the win. Well, Zach, uh, we're usually talking to this gentleman about a big outlaw win, but tonight uh, it's because of what he accomplished in his sprint car this weekend by picking up his first ever Payless Little 500 presented by UAW win. Uh, makes his home in Plymouth, Indiana. Tyler Rurg, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Man, congratulations, my friend. We've had conversation about how, how bad you wanted this win and um, everything that you said had to happen, and it all came together this weekend. Yeah, it did. Uh, car was good. Pit stops were good. It was just, uh, you know, it was just one of those nights where it seemed like uh, everything went my way and, you know, I got all the right breaks. And those nights don't come, ar- come around uh, very often, but uh, that was a perfect race uh, for it to happen. Now, I have to tell you, I watched uh, – I was up at Merritt Speedway, so I had to watch the videos. Um if you plan on winning a lot more premier sprint car races, you better work on your balance because I thought you were going to fall off of that cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, the way you sit in the sprint car, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of like sitting in a semi or school bus or something, but, uh, man, after you sit that way for that long, your legs don't really want to extend or work really well. So that, uh, yeah, I had to, took me a minute to catch my balance up there. Did you think you were going down? <laughs> uh, no, I knew I was. I just wanted to make sure when I stood up, I didn't, I didn't fall. I guess, but uh, yeah, it, uh, like I said, it, uh, it's a long race and it's hard on your body. Well, let's talk about the race a little bit more uh, in depth because when when you put it on paper and looking at what Speed Speed Sport has wrote up about this race, you're talking about a dominating second half of this race, and and the numbers don't lie about that either. Uh, again, Speed Sport reporting that you led 254 of the final 260 laps to go to victory lane. What was the difference there for you? I, I mean, was your car just that much better or driving style? Uh, w- what separated you from the field like that? Um, you know, I, I mean, our car was just was just phenomenal, and uh, you know, we've worked we've worked hard at it um, over the winter and this spring. And uh, you know, our first set of tires, I don't know, I don't know if it was that or, or what it was, but uh, our, I mean, we were okay. We ran for you know the majority of the first. Uh, 200 or so laps there but uh car just didn't feel that good and i really thought uh i really thought i was going to have my work cut out for me you know um i just like i said just didn't drive the way i was hoping for it and then we then we pitted and changed tires and it was like a completely different car um nothing just it just came to life and uh the, the after our second pit stop our third set of tires was the same way it was just it continued to be really, really good. And that was all it took to go to, and, and I say that was all it took, all nonchalant-like, but, I mean, you're talking about 500 laps around that 
place in a sprint car. What sort of preparation did you have to do as a driver to get ready? You, you kind of hinted toward it. When you sit in that position for so long, sometimes your body doesn't want to work afterward. We've seen before where people have had a hard time after the race, you know, needing some, some water or oxygen or that sort of thing. How did you prepare physically, mentally to uh, get yourself going and, and, and get a win? Um, you know, really, I felt I felt fine uh, the whole race. You know, I felt I felt great even after the race. It's just you know your body wants to stay in that crouched up position, kind of. But as far as preparation, you know, uh, you know, this year I I was really uh, working hard on you know uh, having a good diet and all that stuff, and even started to work out a little bit. And then I got COVID, so uh, that put me way behind in the springtime, and you know, never really. <laughs> never really caught up on any of that stuff but you know just the week of the race i uh you know i just try and hydrate so can so contract a brand new virus to the world go out and win little 500 got it all right i'm, I'm writing this down in my notebook right now as we talk tyler i just gotta know what we gotta do <laughs> yeah yeah it's, uh, that was a bummer it was in march and it just it put me really behind in the shop and uh you know but, but we caught up and everything and uh yeah like i said you know we just you just got to hydrate real well. And for me, you know, during the race, uh, a lot of it's just mental as far as, uh, you know, the exhaustion part of it goes. I mean, like the physical exhaustion, um, like for, for instance, uh, last year we ran up front for a long time and, uh, led for a while. And then, you know, some things didn't go our way. And with about, life, like, you know, I probably wasn't going to win. And, uh, it's like at that exact moment, I was like exhausted, but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just, for me, it's all mental. You know, uh, Tyler, we talked to a lot of guys when they when they have a dominating car like that, you know, like like Zach said, the last half of the race for you. Um, you mentioned the mental side. Are you, when you have a car that good, are you waiting? Do you have, is it hard to keep your concentration thinking, okay, what can happen now? Uh, kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's just. You, you know, during a race like that, at least for me, like it's, it's really intense and, you know, I'm trying to pass every car I get to. And like, I was just, you know, I'm so focused and it's, it's hard to turn off that focus and intensity. Um, so, you know, I'm not really thinking about anything else, but, uh, I did, I was kind of questioning if, um, because, uh, I kind of thought maybe we were running out at one but with like 30 to go, <laughs> Oh boy. It would have been a little bummer, but, uh, but, but we had plenty, um, you know, that race is so long, uh, you never know, like how much dirt and, and whatever can get in the fuel system and, and maybe, you know, make it seem like, like you're running out or whatnot. But did, uh, did something happen? Yeah, while, we had enough. Did something happen in the car that made you question that? Uh, you know, under, we had a caution with like 30 to go and it kind of started to like idle up, uh, sometimes as a sign it's, running out of fuel um i didn't even say anything to my crew i just, <laughs> wanted to, I just wanted to stay as calm as possible ignore the problem yeah. and hope it goes away <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much it too um you know it's like you know that race is so long you're gonna endure some type of uh hardship so to speak throughout the course of that race i mean it's just too long not to, you know so uh yeah, uh, luckily it all worked out. Now we've talked. Um, you know, this was definitely um, 
a bucket list item for you. You're running out of these things <laughs> to put on your bucket list. What are you looking at next? Uh, you know, my one of my best friends asked me that too, and I don't know. I really want to win at uh, IRP in Winchester next in a sprint car. I think uh, I think that's what I'm going to try and uh, try and accomplish next. Well, there you go, man. There's the bucket list. So we're talking about a driver who's got two things left on his bucket list at the ripe old age of not old enough. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty cool, well, no, man. The, the bucket list keeps changing. Every time he wins somewhere, he adds to the bucket list. That's how it's working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, here's an honest question for you, Tyler, as we talk about this bucket list type of thing and and your big wins wanting to come in sprint cars open wheel uh maybe a different race on a sunday afternoon sometime is that anything that you're interested in doing in the future oh certainly uh i mean that's really the you know if i had an opportunity or you know had a choice on what to do it would definitely be indy 500 over any other race in the world for sure cool man well hey i appreciate uh, tyler Rorig, you taking some time to chat with us tonight the little 500 champion how does that sound man is that old yet or are you uh are you believing this yet uh not really man it's you know i had something yesterday you know uh i was pretty tired and fell asleep uh watching the race and i woke up and it took me like 10 minutes to realize and remember that we won the race the <laughs> night before you know <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate you still taking time to talk to us little guys. Uh, you know, now that you're a little 500 champ, got to give you a little hard time about that. What is next for you, though? I know that this weekend, uh, with the preparation that we talked about, consumes a lot of your time now that it's by, behind you and you won the race. So uh, what what do you have coming up now? Uh, well, Friday we have the makeup for last year's Kalamazoo Clash. They're calling it the Hook Clash. So we will be there Friday with the outlaw car. Fantastic. Well, uh, hopefully one of us can be there to see you there and uh, wheel that thing. And, um, you know, if, if you go to victory lane, I'm just going to tell you this now, Tyler, if you win the COVID clash, I, I don't know if we'll be able to bring you on the show again. You're almost like Travis Stemler is to us on the dirt side. We could just have a show dedicated to Tyler Rorg and Travis Stemler, and it'd be fine because you guys are winning so much. So, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Nice job. Real quick, who is it that helps you uh, get that sprint car to victory lane? Certainly, uh, CB Fabricating, uh, they're my primary sponsor. You know, uh, would be no way I could, I could get this thing to the track on my own uh, without them. Evan Jackson Racing Engines, uh, got an LS7 engine in this thing, and it performs flawless all night like it always does. Uh, Penske Racing Shocks, um, that's why this thing handles so good. You know, uh, we got an automotive all-star comp cams head service gng racing fuels united race parts uh checkered pass machine simpson ibach and uh that's about it well tyler uh, again thanks so much for joining us tonight congratulations and hopefully we'll see you friday at kalamazoo thanks guys all right rich well <clears throat> no we've got the interviews all in the bag our thanks to uh, tyler and to dona for their help tonight as well as brian bergaker glad to have been able to get those guys all back onto the program and and rich uh, real quick here, I want to talk to you about a couple of things that we saw over the weekend because I know that some fans are growing a little restless with some of those things, and that's all about track prep. Yeah, you know, we you read the story about Winston, and I don't know that, uh, you know, we've been out there a couple of times and have never seen a track like that out at Winston. No, always um, a really good surface. Always been racy. So, um, you know, that one there, I guess, I don't know if they could have foreseen that coming. 
And then, um, you know, it's been, I guess, a three or four week process, <clears throat> excuse me, up at, uh, up at Merritt, trying to get that new clay worked in to the racetrack. And, um, you know, it, it started out on Saturday where it got, uh, by the time it would, by the time heat races, it got really ruddy. I mean, really bad where the cars were actually going airborne and it, you know, they cut it and then the qualifying race were pretty good. Um, then we came back on, on Sunday and, um, it seemed okay for a while. It started to get a little bumpy. They cleaned that off again. And then, um, then it uh, blackened up and, and just, you know, kind of turned into a one lane racetrack for the 50 lap feature event. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, you know, I think the fans are getting a little frustrated and I love both these racetracks. Believe me. I, I love, I've loved every time I've been there, they put on awesome shows, Zach. And, um, but there's, you know, got to figure out what's going on. And I'm thinking the common denominator just, after hearing the story from from Winston and then Merritt is can it be easy as water is the problem well i think that the, you know that's where i was going to say is for winston it is right winston had a lot of rain and that's that's their issue right they they've not had track surface issues really at all this year so they got a lot of rain thursday night the track was just too spongy i think that the dirt fans and dirt drivers understand that merritt is a different ball game where you've got a new surface You've got a new configuration, and right now you're you're struggling to to get a racy racetrack. Um, and I'm with you, right? Merritt Speedway is a great track. We love going there. Uh, Mike Blackmere is is a great partner with us, and uh, I, I think that I think that Mike wants a very racy racetrack, and he's going to stop at nothing to make sure that that happens. Um, I think we're just going to have to have a little bit more patience because, again, and remembering that this is, what, week four or five on this track uh, with, with the, the team trying to work with this new surface and this new configuration. But uh, it definitely needs addressed, and I think and everybody knows that, right? So um, whether it's not enough water, too much water, you know, when the track gets rough like that, it's probably too much water. But then when it was dry in one lane, it's, is that a surface issue? Is that a watering issue? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to run a racetrack in that capacity. There are better people to do that than, than I. Uh, I just hope that they get it get it handled and uh, we can see some really good racing. Because here's the thing, Rich. We're going into very soon summer. And behind the start of summer is the heart of summer where it's very, very hard to get a consistent dirt track. Well, that's true. But, I, you know, I will still tell you, you know, I was there for two days and, and, and I thought, for the challenge series, I think the best track they had was during the 25 lap qualifying races. That's when I thought it was the best of the whole weekend. So, uh, you know, if they can kind of go back and figure out what they did to make it like that and make it last, uh, that, that would be pretty awesome because, you know, we're not, uh, you know, they're not running 50 lappers every single night, although they're going to need to figure that out too. Um, because there are going to be 50 lappers back there, uh, with this challenge series. So, and maybe more than that, for the wood tick as well in August. So for, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, well, um, you know what? Uh, opinions, opinions are like belly buttons. Uh, we are included. We've all got them and they're full of lint. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. The people that, that, that know the best are the people that run these racetracks and they'll get it handled. I have no, no doubt about that. And on the bright side, you know, I talked to a lot of drivers this weekend, Zach, and, and they like the direction they're going. That means they're narrowing it down, trying to find it out. If they, if it was a point where nobody has a clue what's going on and, they're not any closer the first day than they are the fifth week, then you would have a problem. Yeah. But and then we're not there that, at all. No, we're not there at all. Uh, the guys are liking, they see it's getting there. It's just not lasting long enough. So now we work on the length, the duration of the good track. And then the, I think that then you'll see two lanes and all that. But I mean, 
a hundred percent they're working in the right direction. It's just, um, you know, it can be frustrating for the fans uh, and the drivers uh, during this process. Let's take a look at some upcoming races here on the Horsepower Happening schedule. Rich, uh, pretty excited about this one coming up on Friday. Yes, that COVID clash. Uh, they were supposed to run that Kalamazoo clash last year. Uh, that didn't happen. So this Friday night at Kalamazoo, the COVID clash, uh, outlaw late models for yeah. the COVID clash. I'm going to look at my schedule. Yeah. I, might have to, I, I might have to, you know, rock, paper, scissors you on that one. I for sure. Know. Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. No rock, paper, scissors about it. I'll be at I-96 Speedway on Friday night with the Great Lakes Super Sprints as they get yes. back to work. So uh, you'll be going to Kalamazoo. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, you won. Uh, but anyhow, and that's part of a doubleheader weekend for the Great Lakes Super Sprints is then on Saturday, they'll go to Butler Motor Speedway for the first time this season. Uh, another track that, you know, we just got done talking about dirt track prep. They are moving in the right direction after years of struggling there. Um, hearing a lot of positive things about the track surface there at Butler, so looking forward to that on Saturday. As for you, sir, you get to go back racing at Flat Rock. Yeah, I'll be back at Flat Rock. They're going to give the street stocks a night off uh, this week. So uh, it's going to be the Outlaw Super Late Models, the Toledo Late Model Sportsmen uh, that run usually run a half-mile Toledo. They're going to come down to Flat Rock and stage, uh, stage one of their events on, on the tight quarter-mile. And then we'll also have the figure eights race time Saturday, 7 p.m. And then coming up, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, we want to preview this, give you plenty of time. The following Wednesday, June 9th, the Money in the Bank 150 returns to Berlin Raceway with the uh, Arca CRA Super Series and Berlin Raceway's Budweiser Super Series. They are uh, going to go head-to-head for the Money in the Bank, some really good entries, and we'll take a closer look at that event coming up next week. And, Zach, I want to remind everybody, as of tomorrow... We can fill our racetracks once again in the state of Michigan. You don't have to be worried about, oh, I can only take two or three of my friends because capacity is limited. Starting next weekend, full capacity at our racetracks. Take the neighborhood, rent a bus, take everybody to the racetrack. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And as always, we don't care where. We just hope you see you at the races this weekend. So on behalf of Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning into Horsepower Happenings. And happy Memorial Day. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.